into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there. And if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. folks what's up it is thursday august 3rd 2023 welcome to episode number 422 of simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing i'm your host dr gerald dojan over the next 45 minutes me not only it all the each james itacudo leon elliott jesse johnson tom bishop coming in from the italy european factor isaiah morris nicole hewitt kimberly can fix it Folks over on LinkedIn, folks on YouTube, Simply Cyber, community members, squad members, long timers, and first timers. We are all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So, how can we operationalize this this week, this month, this quarter? Or if we're looking to break into the industry like some of you are, believe me, you're going to get value from the stream. You will be asked in any job interview for a cybersecurity role. How do you stay current in the industry? This podcast, it's it's a, an absolute uh, slam dunk answer. But obviously, it's not just enough to you know have it on the play in the background. You have to engage, uh, listen to the stories, think uh, you know think think about what we're talking about. Have if you have differing opinions, throw them in chat. Get a conversation going. Network is so so valuable. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about networking later on because. I got a great example of networking um, because of ACI Learning. I was on their show yesterday, got interviewed. Um, I know them because I sat down with Daniel Lowry at Wild West Hackenfest last year, and he's like, oh, why don't you come on? And it blossomed into a whole thing. Now they're also sponsoring Worldwide Wednesday. This is the power of networking. All right, guys, I want to remind everybody that it is Thursday, which is Every day of the week has a little special activity, and today is Meme of the Week, where Dan Reardon, a.k.a. Haircut Fish, longtime community member, makes a custom meme for the show, and uh, today is brilliant. Um, Next to the one of Eric Taylor jumping out of a plane and, like, riding a shark, um, this might be my favorite one. This is unbelievable, so stay tuned for the mid-roll for the Dan uh, Haircut Fish Meme of the Week. Now, I want to remember... Uh, I I remember, I want to remind you, every episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So if you need CPEs to maintain your certification, holla, half a CPE, say what's up in chat, take a screen cap, save it off. You know, it's it's half a day, but that's not really much, but it's two and a half a week, 10 a month, 
If you're regularly one of the 300 people who show up live every morning or part of the greater 2,000 people who watch it on replay, that's right, these numbers are bumping. Definitely get credit for these CPEs, y'all. Uh, and if you're not sure what to say, say what's up in chat. Hashtag Team Live. Let us know you're here. Say hashtag Team Replay on replay. The comments get burned into the into the comment stream, time stamped and everything. So you'll have an auditable record of what's up. If you are a uh, lurker, you're in the background. You're, um, you know, you you hear about the power of networking, but you don't really know how to do it. Take the first step and say hashtag passive observer. That's what we like to call those folks. Hashtag passive observer. Allow the Simply Cyber community to ease you into networking, into socializing, and don't you know? Don't don't fear it, right? Don't fear the Reaper. Um, accept it and 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 believe me you'll you'll be very very happy uh on down the road and finally i do want to say you know i don't know if there's any of you in chat right now but if this is your first time here on simply cyber's uh morning threat briefing what's up julie julie hashtag passive observer good to see you julie hey if this is your first time on the show hashtag first timer we love to welcome our first timers coffee cup cheers to all of you we have got a banger of a show for you today. Now, before we get into the show, I do have to pay the bills, as it were. So let me tell you about my good friend Eric Taylor. Uh, he's got. If you're a squad member, he does have an emote in the squad tra- in the squad uh, emote tray. I'm going to drop it right here myself. Eric Taylor Barricade Cyber Solutions. Listen, they're dedicated, and when I say dedicated, I mean ruthlessly dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. Yes, the <laughs> the dolphin emote, yes. But guess what, everybody? Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Check them out. There's a link in the description below. At minimum, go to the link and bookmark it. And under the bookmark in your browser, put it under break glass in case of emergency. Because if you haven't talked to Eric and his team beforehand to get things lined up, contracts, user service account, you know, like user accounts that are disabled but can be re-enabled really quickly to give his team access to help you recover from an incident, then, you know, I guess call him when you're in trouble. But, you know, believe me, an ounce of prevention is going to make the uh, the medicine go down a little bit smoother when you have to call in an IR firm. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi. Look at Panopsi dropping a brand new website, brand new color scheme. Get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals. I love it. Panopsi Security. Go to panopsi.com and check it out. Why would you want them to be your security partner? Well, let me tell you, their quantified risk assessments are banging. Well, Jerry, what's a quantified risk assessment? Allow me to share that with you. If you are in charge of an information security program, or you're about to be, or you're a one-person shop, one woman, one-man shop, and you are just constantly sticking your fingers in the hole in the in the dike trying to like keep water from spraying everywhere but you don't have a strategy you don't have a plan you're trying to report on like maturity of your infosec program and you have no that doesn't even like that's not even in your realm let alone not maturing you need a quantified risk assessment right you execute one of these services from panopsi they come in they look at everything people process tech threat landscape, business, et cetera. 
and then they crunch it out and then they'll dump out a report and say like, dude, you are actually in a lot of risk. You're like 80% chance of a ransomware incident at any given moment. Here's what you can do to reduce that risk in a meaningful way. Here's a one year, here's a three year roadmap. Now you actually have a plan. And when you have a plan, you can execute to the plan. You can request budget because you know that you're going to need it in six months or 18 months. You can hire staff to run the tools that you need um, to reduce your risk. You see what I'm saying? It empowers you big time to take your information security program to the next level. Panopsi.com. Check them out in uh, the links are in the description below. Also want to say much love to anti-siphon training, but more about them at the mid roll. All right, guys, it's time to get to work. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. Whoa, 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 what? Hold on. This, like, literally, I have the earpiece so I can do it like I'm on news, like, we have to get a breaking news sounder. That's like a fact, okay? I, we need a breaking news sounder, and we need some type of graphic for this. This just coming in right now. Um, this just coming in. Dash <clears throat> accepted an offer for field specialist in cyber. Dash, boom. Nice, nice, nice. And then Sean Shirley coming off the top rope with a super chat, first of all. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much, Sean Shirley, for the super chat. Got my first SOC analyst role yesterday. This live was a great talking point for how I stay up with cyber news. Thank you so much, my man. Guys, I'm telling you, I'm not up here just selling, uh, you know, like I'm not, I'm, I'm, this isn't BS. I'm telling you networking, super valuable. This podcast, super valuable. Staying up to date on what's going on gonna happen being asked in a job interview how do you stay current gonna happen i'm telling you the facts man hashtag facts congratulations squad and simply cyber community nothing makes me happier than seeing good people get um you know rewarded for their hard work time investment grind yes now the work really begins y'all all right let's keep going here senate recommends banning wechat the Australian Senate Select Committee on Foreign Interference recommended banning all Chinese social media apps in the country, including the popular WeChat service. The committee's report found that these apps are increasingly being weaponized to spread disinformation to deliberately mislead or obscure the truth for malicious or deceptive purposes. It also recommended all social networks, not just Chinese ones, be bound by transparency standards set by legislators, which would include setting up local offices in the country. These recommendations won't directly lead to any policy implications, but it's worth noting given Australia's history of online legislation. Okay, so a couple things here. Really interesting to me. So one, this isn't uh, put into effect yet. This is the Senate in Australia recommending it and wanting to make it, I guess, legislation. Two things that I think is interesting. First of all, I appreciate why, like the why behind their decision. Okay, they're saying that these apps are used, like WeChat, for example, is being used for um, spreading misinformation. Um, they have documented examples, et cetera, et cetera. Now, um, one thing that I don't like is that they're recommending a ban on all bans on. Ch- okay, never mind. The way I read this, I thought it was on all Chinese social media apps, and I was like. Nah, I mean, that's a bit xenophobic, bro. Like, you're just like, (laughs) Chinese app, no. But I misread it, okay? So it's on 
it's it, I guess the news article is just specifying on Chinese apps. Here's my thing, guys. Like this, I don't know. To me, this is dangerous when you start categorizing it by like country of origin, right? Like Twitter, Twitter's an American company. I use Twitter. Twitter was in the news yesterday because Elon's suing a nonprofit who says that, that Twitter is being used to spread misinformation. So with all due respect, is Australia going to ban Twitter? Or Twitter's cool because it's not Chinese. You, you know, you see what I'm saying. Like that, that part of the of the thought process um, rubs me just a little <clears throat> wrong. I don't like it when you start. I don't know. That it bothers me a bit. Um, yes, I I know it's X. Uh, I will call it Twitter. I'm gonna. I'll be one of those old curmudgeons shaking a fist at the clouds, screaming, "It's called Twitter." <clears throat> um, I do think that um, I do appreciate that Australia is willing to um, look, have a hard look at social media apps and the ability that they have for nation state uh, nation states to have, you know, basically bought farms, one hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand SIM cards set up so they look like unique accounts and be able to spread misinformation. We saw I talk about this occasionally on the show. We saw this done with alarmingly effective utility in the 2016 presidential election by Cambridge Analytica. Um, Cambridge Analytica also was involved with Brexit, also involved with um, an election, presidential election in Trinidad, Tobago. Go watch the Netflix documentary, The Great Hack. Uh, Kimberly or Mods, if someone could drop a link in ch uh, chat uh, to The Great Hack, um, I think you would find it fascinating, fascinating how effective social media can be weaponized in order to control um, uh, the overall kind of uh, vibe and um, general discourse of a large population. It's, it's unbelievably uh, effective. I'm actually going to just show you a, a picture here on this. This is it right here. Uh, I'll drop a link in chat. I'll just do the link in chat. Sorry. Oh, Kimberly did it. Thanks, Kimberly. Um, I, I again, th this show and data brokers on last week tonight episode are are two of my go to. You've got to watch them to really appreciate what the heck is going on with these things and how they can be weaponized. U.S. company accused of aiding APTs. A new report from Halcyon details how advanced threat actors leverage services from the U.S. incorporated company Cloudsy as a command and control provider in attacks. The researchers speculate the company very likely operates out of Tehran. Command and control providers do not have to ensure their infrastructure isn't being illegally used, providing legal cover. Advanced persistent threat groups based out of China, India, North Korea, Pakistan, Russia, and Vietnam, as well as several cybercrime organizations and ransomware affiliates, used Cloudsy services. Cloudsy makes working with these organizations easy, only requiring an email address and cryptocurrency payments to use its services. All right, so two things. One, what's up, Chinadu? Good to see you in chat. Longtime uh, Simply Cyber community member. Hadn't seen you in a minute, so uh, it's great to see you. Uh, second thing, this story was covered in yesterday's news, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Specifically, I talked yesterday, go back and listen if you're interested. I talked yesterday about what Bulletproof hosting is, uh, and that's basically what this service is by Cloudsy. Uh, obviously, they're going to get shut down. It's an American-based company, but I I Iranian-backed. Thirdly, and let's just take a minute here. 
<laughs> like I wish I had the uh, a sound effect for like you know that like um like sultry kind of romantic music like bow now now wow all right like what is it is it um uh let's get it on i, I mean hold on let like um just just hey this infographic wow look at you huh swim lanes multicolor even got a background how you doing infographic man wow Look at this thing. I'm going to have to take a minute, okay? <laughs> I'm going to have to take a minute with this. Um, I'm going to have to take a minute with this thing, okay? Let me just look at this. I might use this in a talk I'm giving in September. This is... Whew, is, is it hot in here? Jesus. My, wow. My goodness. Um, is there, is there a, a site? Oh, no, there's no author for this. There's, I'd like to speak to whoever created the infographic. All right, so this is a current uh, ransomware as a service ecosystem graphic. Um, you know, I'll just break this down really quickly. Um, because what they're saying is the story is about Cloudsy as a bulletproof hosting, but ransomware as a service is using bulletproof hosting to set up their infrastructure, right? C2, data exfil, et cetera, um, deploying the malware. And you can see here, initial access brokers is on the left. This is how you initially get access. There's an entire ecosystem around selling access. So people will pop shells or validate credentials work, do uh, credential stuffing or whatever. But then they will not move forward into um, attacking the system. They'll just turn around and sell the credentials. Ransomware operators, the darker uh, blue here, these are the ones who are supporting the entire thing. The light blue are the affiliates. These are the people who are actually taking the initial access, taking the ransomware um, malware, and then actually detonating it in an environment. And this is why, by the way, this is why sometimes you see a, um, like a hospital, like there was a children's hospital in New Orleans who got hit with ransomware. And uh, I think it was Lockbit. Lockbit actually um, released the decryption keys immediately and apologized to them because it's ridiculous to hit a sick kid's hospital. Um, but you know, there's a, there's a disconnect between the ransomware threat actors who are running the show and the affiliates, like any jack wagon can turn into an affiliate, right? So that's the deal. And then obviously C2 infrastructures over here, the orange is, is, um, this is the bulletproof hosting over here, which is where Cloudsy existed. And then sadly, this white bubble here is is uh, just the victims being represented. All right, good graphic. And geez, I gotta tell you, that uh, that that got me up in the morning. Wow. Hacking group to detail P2P protocol at DefCon. The cult of the dead cow plans to detail its Valid protocol at the conference. This will allow developers to use it for end-to-end -end encrypted messaging in apps without the need to tie it to a phone number. Built on a decentralized peer-to-peer -peer model, the protocol will gain in performance with more users. Cult of the Dead Cow worked on the protocol for the last three years. The group plans to show a demo app and technical documentation at the show. Cool. Data cool. So, <clears throat> you know, people say, don't bring your phone to DEF CON. I mean, you know, certainly, um, you know, there is... If you don't take it, you completely eliminate the risk of compromise. But I don't know, man. Uh, DefCon like 2013. I feel like I had like an iPhone three, and I feel like it got compromised. But I had also jailbroke 
my iPhone and I had custom code that I wrote on there that was probably not optimized and it was probably screwing my phone up anyways. Um, you know, do your own, you know, choose your own adventure. I use, I take my phone to DEF CON. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But CDC, Cult of the Dead Cow, um, they've got this new encryption protocol. They are OG legends in the InfoSec space. CDC existed back when, um, you know, it was like hack the planet and, you know, the 1995 movie hackers like that vibe, that scene. They're, they're also like when I think of um, like Loft, the Loft crew, um, same time frame, same kind of uh, curious hacker missions. I do believe CDC, Cult of the Dead Cow, I think they're European, perhaps German. I don't know if Gregor or um, I don't know if Gregor or Doris are in chat right now, but I, I really feel like CDC is German. And um, oh, they dropped a book. Oh, let me see this really quickly. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you can see they have like the old ASCII art. This was, this was like, this was. I'm telling you, they were originally like one of the OG superpowers uh, in the in the hacking circles. Like I re put it this way, I remember Cult of the Dead Cow. This is gonna age me, by the way. I remember Cult of the Dead Cow. Like I would be getting their content on um bbs's like i would dial into a bbs and there would be cult of the dead cow documentation cybersec officially became cisp after passing the exam in july my man with the super chat first of all did we just become best friends yep nice 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 i love it love it love it love it uh so awesome um so so awesome congratulations on that cisp i remember when i got my cisp in 2009 i do remember it um, it was a massive career milestone for me. So I, I, you know, I don't know if you feel the same way, CyberSec, uh, but congratulations. It's definitely awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, what's, uh, Bano, Bano, Beto, uh, he was CDC. Maybe CDC was from Texas. Some people are saying, anyways, long story short, they're releasing something. They haven't really done anything in a while, but one thing I will say is if you're new to the um if you're new to the world of information security and IT and stuff, Cult of the Dead Cow is just one of those legendary OG orgs. Um definitely go check it out. It was like a hacking collective back when hacking was still, you know, curious and poking and prodding and stuff. Brokers offer competitor information on Amazon. CNBC's Annie Palmer profiled the market for illicit data brokers claiming to offer access to information on Amazon third-party sellers. These brokers operate groups on Telegram, WeChat, WhatsApp, and Facebook, some with tens of thousands of members. These services also claim to help remove negative reviews and perform other actions that would otherwise risk an account suspension on the platform. Sources say these brokers reach out to Amazon employees on LinkedIn to obtain access. Amazon says it actively monitors for insider threats trying to improperly access information. All right. So really quickly, um, great friend of the Simply Cyber community and tip in uh, my Obi-Wan to my Luke Skywalker of chess, where uh, like Luke Skywalker way at the beginning where he's still on Tatooine and like drinking green milk and stuff or blue milk. Um, uh, James McQuiggan with the super chat. Did we just become best friends? Yep. James McQuiggan offering some guidance on how to best approach DEFCON. He's going to have his real phone, but Bluetooth and Wi-Fi disabled. Great idea. Reducing attack surface. Um, 
And he's working on a chess infographic. Okay. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Thanks so much, James, for the super chat and uh, looking forward to connecting with you. Actually, I got to talk to you, James. Um, well, I got to talk to you. I'm, get I'm getting into Vegas at 10 a.m. and I, I can't check into my hotel and I know you're going to be there a couple days earlier. So if you're around, I just, <laughs> I just want to take the, the taxi to your hotel and hang out. <laughs> Let me know. Um, all right. So check this out. Dude, here's another one of those ones where uh, data is king, okay? So Amazon, here, here's the deal. Amazon employees have discovered that there is value in being able to update and edit existing products on Amazon. For example, I release um, my book, Cybersecurity Career Master Plan, or this CDC book, right? And let's say somebody writes a, a review that says like, this is trash, right? Well, I don't like that because that's bad for sales, right? Straight cash, homie. I'm not making straight cash, homie, if I've got a like, you know, a one-star rating and a bunch of negative comments because I'm trying to like grift people. So Amazon employees are now selling their access um, you know, through dark web marketplace, essentially Telegram, uh, where you can, you know, give them a couple bucks and they'll wipe the slate clean. Obviously, Amazon, um, <laughs> if this comes out and they don't manage it then these ratings and this this thing that people look at won't have any value because you'll know it's compromised. So Amazon's definitely vested in making sure that this gets wrapped around uh, or gets wrapped up nicely. I do want to point out that, um, you know, Amazon, I mean, I you hear about the warehouse workers and about the Amazon drivers, about how they're unionizing, how Amazon's doing uh, union busting, how they are basically commoditized humans, uh, which is unbelievable, like unbelievable. I, I don't want to get too deep on this tirade, but like I've seen, there's a show on YouTube, uh, called breaking points, a channel on YouTube. And that, that I, I get a lot of my news from there. Um, like on Amazon, like you have to do, like you have to do, like you have to like package if you work in a warehouse, certain amounts of like uh, purchases within an hour. Or like if you're a driver, you have to deliver X amount of packages within an hour. And they, because it's all tracked and data, right? They know what you're doing. And if you fall behind, um, like you get an email that says you're fired. Like, like you get like a pop-up on your like device, like you're fired. Like it's a very, very cold, sterile, data-driven, commoditized workforce. And you hear horror stories of people who like, don't have time to go to the bathroom because they're afraid of getting fired and like just unbelievable. So th that's in the warehouse. The people who have access to the data uh, probably don't have those type of things, but it, it, it gives you an insight into the psyche and the culture that Amazon is cultivating inside of their um, workforce. So I don't see this as surprising, frankly, that the Amazon employees who have access to this and see an opportunity, a market, uh, are trying to capitalize on it and get paid, right? Straight cash, homie. It's capitalism. Obviously, if you get caught, you're going to get fired, right? Obviously. Um, and we see this too, like just another example, right? T-Mobile, Verizon, um, the big Twitter hack a, a few years ago, it's because T-Mobile employees were in on it, selling access basically to threat actors to be able to do SIM swapping and stuff like that. So it happens with these large companies. Amazon, um, I mean, I don't know, man, but you probably won't hear a story of like, you know, 
Kimberly uh, McKnight, Amazon employee getting fired for selling information. Like it's not going to get, in my opinion, it won't make mainstream news when they discover these insider threats and take care of them. But just know that there is a cropping up ecosystem around it. Uh, and it's using Telegram. Ooh, speaking of Telegram, um, I just want to remind everybody that there is an official Simply Cyber Telegram ch uh, channel. I don't know if you guys know this. I, I manage it myself. If you're, if you like, if you do use Telegram and you do want to get your cyber news uh, nicely packaged for you, um, I basically wrote a Python script, um, and then I, I wrote a bunch of automation to do it. So like, it's very, very hands off for me. So it's it's easy. It's easy to to to, to deliver this service to the community because um, because it's mostly automated. Although I am constantly looking for feedback uh, from the community. Um, so anyways, just, that's a quick little aside. And now a word from our sponsor, Opal. Opal is the data-centric identity platform. Identity is one of the last great enterprise frontiers. Oh, great. It's Thanks, Brian. with legacy architecture. Opal's mission is to empower enterprises to understand and calibrate access end-to-end. -end. The best security teams from companies like Databricks, Figma, Blend, and Drata use Opal to build identity security for scale. That's O-P-A-L dot dev. All right. I don't know if we've had any first timers in here, but there's a lot of long timers. 295 of you beautiful people. What's up, Belgium? Good to see you. Hey, uh, if you're a first timer, this we do this every day and I love it. Um, and welcome to the show. All right, guys, we're at the mid-roll. I want to take a hot minute and thank all of you for being here. Uh, I know, <clears throat> you know, you can get your news different ways. You can network different ways. I genuinely appreciate that you choose to be part of the Simply Cyber community. Thank you all so very much. Um, genuinely, <clears throat> genuinely appreciate it. Take a minute, hit <clears throat> excuse me. Take a minute, and hit that like button. It goes a long way to trigger the YouTube algorithm to let other people know that cyber people like all of you like the show, which means YouTube will tell other cyber people. So it's basically a way to like hack the YouTube algorithm to get more people who are into cyber find out about this, right? All right. Shout out and thanks to the show's sponsors, longtime sponsors, I might add. Uh, Barricade Cyber's been here since the beginning. Barricade, Panopsi, and Anti-Siphon have all committed to sponsor the show through 2023. So, um, you know, let's get the mug uh, built out here. Uh, I mentioned Barricade and Panopsi again. Thanks so much. But let me take a second and tell you about Anti-Siphon Training. Anti-Siphon Training is the training arm of Black Hills Information Security. If you guys don't know Black Hills Information Security, you're definitely missing out. They are awesome. They're led by John Strand. And as much as I just railed against Amazon for their corporate culture and governance pushing down toxicity, you want to talk about a company that has like righteous intentions and community inclusion as its core values, Barricade Cyber, I mean, Barricade, well, Barricade Cyber too, but um, Black Hills Information Security, their anti-siphon training, I want to call your attention to their pay what you can training. These are courses where you literally can pay what you can afford to take the course. These are led by world-class instructors. Great content, a lot of good content here for entry-level people. 
Definitely don't sleep on this. I'm gonna drop a link in chat here. There's a link in uh, the description below that has a counter on it. So if you click on that, uh, awesome. <clears throat> but for me, it's more important that you just get access to this knowledge. I will be taking, um, there, hold on. There's a, uh, this isn't it. There's a course, I think September 9th that I'm looking at taking. I'll tell you more about it later. But anyways, anti-siphon training, giddy up on it. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Taylor McDonald currently has the baton. Every single day, one member of the Simply Cyber Community gets the baton. And they go on LinkedIn and they share their story. And they put the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge in the post. Two things. One, um, Taylor, please tag somebody with the baton. Second of all, go on LinkedIn, search for this hashtag and post like comment on the person's story and then connect with that person and all the people in the comments. Believe me, you will in a few weeks of doing this, you will curate your LinkedIn feed and network to be like-minded, cybersecurity, hungry, supportive, inclusive um, network. And, and basically, you'll get rid of a bunch of trash in your LinkedIn network, and it'll be actually valuable. I True story. I had someone reach out to me about a week ago, said they had just gotten out of the military. They started a LinkedIn account. They didn't have any connections, no network, didn't see the value in it. Did this Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Went back, looked at all the posts, connected with everybody. Now they have like a thousand connections. And he's like, it's unbelievable how valuable this is. Thank you. And I was like, Mike, you're welcome. It's what we do. <clears throat> all right, so Taylor McDonald... Giddy up on that. Uh, Mono Julian saying, good day, everyone. Looking for a new role. Sock IT auditor, vault management. Current contract at Pfizer is almost over. Thanks for the super chat. Mono Julian, help him out if you got something. All right, guys. So every single Thursday, Dan Reardon makes a custom meme. We were talking about Jenko. We were talking about 90s. Uh, Dan Reardon released this uh, meme of the week. This is, may I present to you, Jenko Jerry. I hope Alana's in chat. I know she was joking about that. So we were talking 90s yesterday. Dan made this custom meme. This is, guys, I know it looks, this is not a real picture of me, by the way. This is a meme that has been curated and developed by Dan. But what I will say is what you're looking at is absolutely quintessential, like 1993, 1994, hot topic, Spencer's Gifts, um, you know, like 10 things I hate about you movie, uh, teen angst, American pie. Like this is, this is exactly it. I mean, this is a bit of an extreme example, but this is it right here. Hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. Thanks so much, Dan Reardon, uh, for the continued great effort on, um, the meme of the week. This is so good. So, so good. All right, let's continue. PT attacked Norway for weeks using zero days. In a joint advisory, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency and the Norwegian National Cybersecurity Center said Norwegian authorities discovered attacks against government systems using an Avanti EPMM zero day on July 24th. These exploits allowed for bypassing ACL and authentication, as well as changing data on impacted systems. We reported on this attack when it was initially discovered. The advisory now further clarifies that the APT behind the attack used the zero day from at least April, accessing several organizations and the country's government agency's network. The advisory shares indicators of compromise for similar attacks. 
the challenge. All right. So this is one of those stories. Okay. This is straight up. This is actionable. Okay. If you are using Avanti in your environment, if any of your clients are using Avanti in their environment, make them aware of this. That's it. Just straight up copy paste, send it to them, tell them, um, you need to check this out and patch it if possible, or at least uh, start looking for indicators of compromise, okay? Uh, I had never heard of Avanti before, but in a, in a company that I worked for and, and built a cyber program for, um, they were using Avanti. So that's the first experience I had with them. What Avanti is, is it's an agent that sits on all the workstations and it allows you to do asset inventory, software inventory, push patches, get you know um remote access into the boxes it's a it's a really i mean like this is a you know a, this is a true opinion it's a really nice endpoint management solution like when i used it it was good i liked it um so but there's a zero day exploit out there which means it's it zero day means there's no patch for it right and exploited means it's actively being compromised, which is the worst, right? That means the zero day exploit means that you basically, you know, you're running backwards through a cornfield and there's no, you have no pants, right? Like the zero day means there's no pants you can put on and you're just running backwards through a cornfield, which you can imagine uh, <laughs> runs the risk of certain problems, okay? Norwegian government got hit. That's no good. Um, uh, I don't know if Avanti says that there is some workaround. Typically, what will happen with, with something like this is that the vendor, in this case, Avanti, will release an advisory around um, what to do. Uh, you can see here, uh, CISA. Thank you, Jen Easterly. Where's Jen? Jen Easterly, which, by the way, if Jen is in Vegas next week, I'm going to try to get a picture with her. Um CISA has released an advisory. The important thing here is they, oh, they actually have, um, um, so they have indicators of compromise. So you can check, again, you want to make sure that you uh, update your environment so it cannot be exploited, but that doesn't mean that you haven't already been exploited. So what you need to do is, dun, 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 threat hunting, right? Either your tech, your, your defensive tech stack has alerted you of a problem or it hasn't. If it hasn't, you need to do a little bit of threat hunting um, just to make sure that you haven't been compromised. And that's what this advisory uh, stuff is here, right? It's telling you what to look for. Um, if you have web shells on your box, this is where they're going to be. Um, and then the TTPs. Again, if you're interested in learning more about threat hunting, give me one second. If you're interested in learning more about threat hunting, I, I, I did like a great book review on this on LinkedIn the other day, but I just read this book, Visual Threat Intelligence. Um, this book is awesome. Um, and if you, if you don't know anything about threat hunting, this book isn't like a practical guide on how to do threat hunting, but it explains it, threat intelligence and threat hunting at like a um, kind of at a macro level. Um, it's excellent. So I can't recommend that enough. Anyways, again, here's the actionable thing. If you're running Avanti in your environment, either look for this stuff yourself or send it to your IT department and say, hey, we got an issue. We need to investigate. It's a priority, right? That's it. Is with cyber insurance underwriting. We recently covered a study showing that organizations with cyber insurance do not carry an increased risk of ransomware attacks. 
That's good news, but it doesn't change the fact that getting a cyber insurance policy remains challenging. Dark Reading's Robert Ackerman detailed the difficulty in underwriting these policies, which often rely on simplistic self-assessment questionnaires. Verification of information submitted generally only occurs when making a claim. Even if verified, the information submitted becomes outdated almost immediately. Ackerman suggests insurers take an example from third-party risk management platforms and look toward continuous controls monitoring, either directly or through managed service providers. All right. I was getting the link for the uh, Visual Threat Intelligence book, so I didn't listen to this story, which is unfortunate because it is about cyber insurance, which next to infographics, um, you know, I do have a really uh, soft spot in my heart for cyber insurance. I just don't talk about it often because <laughs> um, it's not super popular as a topic, okay? Um, what I will say is... Let me... Let me, let me let me uh, tell you guys really quickly. Back in 2015, to, like, and if you work in cyber insurance, you know what's up, okay? 2012, 2013, 14. Dude, there was a, like, do you know, like, you know in the, um, in the movies, like, if you're a United States citizen, this might sound a little bit familiar. And if you're not, I'm sorry, I'll try to explain it. But back in the day when the United States was expanding westward, okay? They called it Manifest Destiny. And like, if you moved west, um, like Oklahoma, right? That's why they're called the Sooners. If you moved west, you'd get like free land. Now, I, I don't want to get into the fact that somebody was already living on that land and it wasn't to be given away, but that's a separate issue. Anyways, you could move west and plant a flag and guess what? Boom, like start a farm. You own this land. And then, you know, towns cropped up, et cetera. It's how the United States like grew the way it grew. In 2012, 13, 14. All right, Reggie Davis has got the baton. Yes, Reggie, looking forward to your post. 2012, 13, 14. Cyber was like a thing, right? And insurance uh, groups were like, oh my God, we got to get up on this. So it was like a freaking... Oklahoma Sooners, Oregon Trail, uh, land grab with a cyber insurance market. Like literally, they were just adding it as riders onto existing E&O type policies. They were just, hey, we'll give you, hey, thousand extra bucks, we'll give you a million dollars worth of coverage. Didn't even care what your cybersecurity posture was. Didn't care if you had multi-factor. Didn't care. The insurance guys were like smoking cigars, like laughing uncontrollably about how they were getting that money. Oh, hold on. Getting that money and um, basically, um, you know, basically getting that market right. So the thing is with with insurance, right? You're, if you own, if you have an insurance policy, right, you're just gonna renew it, right? Renew it every year. So this is like recurring revenue. And the insurance companies were like, "This is awesome." Here's the problem, right? It's like they they got the policies, then all of a sudden ransomware, 2017, WannaCry drops, and then ransomware turns into a whole thing. And insurance companies are like, oh my god, oh my god, like we gotta get out of this. And it's like, nope, nope, too late. And uh then they started like the mounting losses are like uncontrollable, and it's very, very difficult to um have actuarial tables on 
likelihood of people getting popped. Now, the insurance companies have gotten better. They haven't, like when it comes time for renewal, they've done two things. One, they're actually looking at your security posture and requiring minimum, minimum, like multi-factor authentication um, and information security awareness, and that you actually have someone at your business who's in charge of information security, like (laughs) minimum, right? And then if you don't have that, they won't even write you a policy. And if that's all you have, they'll write you a policy, but it's like $250,000 policy for a million dollar coverage, which is not a great policy, okay? So that's the current state of all of these things. Now, what cyber insurance is starting to manipulate according to the, not manipulate, but uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cyber insurance is evolving And to say that continuous control monitoring may be the only way that they can offer policies. Here's the thing, guys. Continuous control monitoring is a real thing. Threat exposure management, I talk about this all the time. XM Cyber, right? Like, simulate. Like, there's there's vendors who are merging in this area. And it's a very, very important area to understand. If you get, like, a pen test once a, a year right? Like, oh no, we're good. We did it last year. Like here's the current state. If you run an audit once a year, it's a point in time, right? Hey, we're good. No big deal. Well, then this Avanti thing pops and like, you're not going to have a pen test for another nine months, right? So the security posture is super, super fluid and these point in time things aren't working. So we're evolving into continuous control monitoring. Finally, Yeah, exactly. Alana mentioning State Farm not insured in Florida and California anymore because of storms and because of fires. Um, it's it's scary stuff, y'all. Um, the final thing I'll say about this, because I, I really um, think he is um, a luminary. Jeremiah Grossman, um, he, he is well-known. He's not, in my opinion, he's not as well-known as like Dave Kennedy or, or John Strand, but like Jeremiah Grossman is well known in the information security community. And he said, I attended a talk, sat front row. I attended a talk, 2015 Black Hat. And he said, mark my words, in three years time, insurance companies will be dictating what your security program looks like. And people, I came back, I was preaching this, I drank the Kool-Aid and people like at my work, even... At my work, they're like, Jerry, that's ridiculous. They like, I'm still good friends with these guys. And we have a private Discord chat or, or, or Telegram. And they're like, you're so stupid, Jerry, that no, no that's not going to happen, all this. And to this day, when it comes up, they will eat crow and say, I can't believe you were right, Jerry. You were so right. Listen to me. Cyber insurance companies are absolutely a GRC person's best friend because cyber insurance companies won't write you a policy unless you have good you know, good controls in place in an actual information security program. So, hey, uh, CFO, CEO, love to help you, but we can't get cyber insurance. And guess what? The business understands what insurance is. And when you tell them they can't have insurance, they get all, you know, their feathers all frothed up or, you know, flustered up. And they're like, why not? And it's like, well, because your infosec sucks. I've been telling you that for two years. I've been trying to get budget. You keep giving me the Heisman. Like, what do you want? What do you expect? And they're like, well, what's it going to cost? And I'm like, well, you know, here's the budget I gave you two years ago. It's the same budget I gave you last year. It's the same budget I'm putting in front of you today. Fund it 
and we can get insurance. And they're like, all right, let's do that. And then like, you know, I high five the insurance guy and then, or insurance woman. And then we like get tacos and we just like talk about how we're doing good things together. Insurance companies are dictating InfoSec programs and I love it, I love it, I love it. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Spectre Op rewrites Bloodhound. Spectre Ops first released Bloodhound at DEF CON in 2016, an open source tool to map attack paths in Active Directory and related Azure services. It recently released a complete rewrite of its free Community Edition tool, offering a simplified installation, claiming it takes install time down from several hours to one minute using a simple Docker Compose command. This new version now uses the same code base as its Commercial Enterprise Edition. Essentially, this open sources the commercial product, differentiating with service and support offerings. Okay, this is really cool. Spectre Ops, really, really respected company in the industry. Bloodhound is a Bloodhound is a. If you don't know what Bloodhound is, it's a tool that you can basically run in a Windows environment, and it will like a Bloodhound. It'll sniff out domain admin creds. It'll show you like an attack path to get to domain admin. Super popular tool, um, and basically it was a pain in the a to install and they've rewritten it to make it easier to install, easier to maintain. It sounds like I heard Docker in there. So I think they've made a, a simple Docker container. Um, so now they're saying instead of two hours and 30 steps, it's minutes in a single Docker compose that you run. Absolutely love it. Um, I will say, um, I would. I, this is a great tool. If you're gonna work in information security, especially um, offensive, Understanding Bloodhound is great. There's a community edition, which typically means that it's free. Uh, it's slightly um, less features than the Enterprise Edition, but this is not an uncommon approach. Um, CoreLight, we had Keith, Dr. Keith Jones on last week. CoreLight is a company. Zeek is a unbelievably powerful tool for getting security telemetry uh, into your SIM. But it's free. It's open source. Corelight is a company that specializes in writing detections and helping people integrate Zeek into their environment. That's kind of like what SpectreOps is doing, my understanding. They make Bloodhound free, uh, but then they can help organizations uh, maximize its value. Plus, like, way to go, SpectreOps, for delivering a community edition here. You can see the graphic where this is the output where it'll show you the path you take to get to domain admin. Uh, super useful tool. I would love to do a video on Simply Cyber on building a lab to do Bloodhound and then actually running Bloodhound. I think it would add a lot of value to people, uh, both professionally so they can practice InfoSec, and then on your resume saying that you've you know you you've in, you've you've set up, run, and uh, you're well versed in Bloodhound. It, people know about it, okay? It's not just a random tool. It, people know about it, and it's considered legit, legit. New malware finds its way into air-gap systems. Researchers at Kaspersky documented a new malware attributed to the Chinalink zirconium threat group targeting air-gap systems at industrial sites across Eastern Europe. The first attacks appeared in April 2022, showing continued development since then. The attack comes in from removable drives, initially gaining persistence. The attackers used a legitimate McAfee executable as a malicious DLL payload, which then loads into an air gap system with a drive attached. Files are eventually exfiltrated from another connected machine using Dropbox. What are we doing? All right. So, uh, like using Dropbox uh, for stealing data, 
that's not uncommon. A lot of, um, a lot of, uh, God, what the thing, what is it? Am I thinking of, um, like C2 frameworks, post-exploitation frameworks. So like you already own the box or the endpoint, right? Like you have access, you've compromised it, but now you want to set up C2 and stuff. Dropbox, uh, is not an uncommon, um, mechanism for facilitating that. You see a lot of, uh, post-exploitation frameworks, including Sliver, I believe, um, that has API set up for Dropbox. So you can do that. Uh, Kayla Sturgeon would love to see me talk about Bloodhound. All right, Kayla. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much. I, I, yeah, I definitely would love to do it. The only, it's not even a problem. The thing is, in order to do Bloodhound, you have to set up the invite. Here's the thing. The, the prep of the lab is the important thing because you'd have to have Active Directory. Then you have to have a couple endpoints in there for Bloodhound to move. Like for, for it to be an interesting lab, you need a simulated environment that the Bloodhound can execute on. That, that's the only, um, not trouble, but it's, 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 the, um, it, it's the long pole in the tent, if you will. Um, so China's APT31, you can go to Miter Attack and look at them. Um, they attacked air-gapped systems. That's probably, the air-gapped part is probably the uh, most interesting aspect um, on this story. I want to see what's up. You can see Typhoon. This is a Microsoft naming convention. Panda is a FireEye naming convention. You begin to, <laughs> you begin to recognize these things. Um, I want to see how they did air-gapping. One of the implants appeared to be sophisticated malware aimed at profiling removable drives and contaminating them with a worm to exile data from isolated air gap networks. Um, I mean, it doesn't really, uh, you know, there's back doors, but if it's air gapped, air, by the way, air gapped means it's not connected to a network. You can have an air gapped machine, right? So like, um, James McQuiggan's cell phone at DEF CON, if he turns off Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and cellular, his phone is effectively air-gapped. But you can also have air-gapped networks. Technically, technically, the U.S. Um, government's SIPRNet, their secret network, right, for classified information, technically is a massive air-gapped system, air-gapped, you know, from the internet. So if you have a you know a backdoor on an air gap system, you can't really access it with C2 and stuff. This is why Stuxnet was so crazy because the Natanz uranium enrichment facility or, or nuclear enrichment facility was air gapped and they threw a bunch of USB drives and got someone to plug one in. That's typically how infection works on air gap networks. There are some examples of novel attacks where like you're able to like look at the the LED blinking on the on the computer and um you know, determine what bits and bytes there are. We covered a story yesterday, but it's usually like super slow uh, transmission rates. So it's impractical. Um, let's see. Meatball. This is, uh, I don't know if that's like sliver. I'm trying to see how they get the initial, initial infection, right? Okay, so they infect removable drives. Okay, so basically here's what's happening. APT31 is infecting USB drives, and when it gets plugged into something, it pulls some data from something, and then if it gets plugged into another computer, it'll, like when it gets plugged in, it checks to see if it can exfil to the internet, and if it cannot, that means it's air-gapped, and it'll just do what it does, and then if it 
does connect to the internet. It pushes data, so it's able to pull air gap stuff. Industrial control systems. It says Eastern Europe. China is friends with Russia. Um, those are like really broad statements, but te technically China aligns with Russia, so it would be weird for China to be like committing espionage on Russian industrial control systems. So when they say Eastern Europe, I'm thinking more like, um, you know, like I guess Kazakhstan, um, Ukraine for sure, um, you know, but Belarus, like those type of countries, uh, like NATO aligned uh, Eastern European countries. So it's just, you know, there's, there's really no action for you here other than uh, for professional development and mindset. This is an example of attacking an air gap system. And it's important to note, this story is a perfect example of why air gapping does not mean bulletproof. Air gapping is not a silver bullet. It is a great control. It's a great control. And you give up the ability to talk to the internet, which is a huge loss, but it is not an absolute uh, silver bullet. Just like multi-factor is not a silver bullet, right? There are no silver bullets. There's only defense in depth. All right, let's see. That's going to do it for today's news. 281 of you uh, beautiful people here today. Before you go, if you were here just for the news, I'd like to remind you there is a pin chat on YouTube right now. But today at 4.30 p.m., I will be going live with some of the um, team leads for the Simply Cyber uh, Con, Cyber Conference in November. Uh, we've got a lot of great announcements to share with you, a lot of great updates. Uh, this is part of a transparency and accountability effort uh, that's important to me uh, to make sure that this is a community inclusive supportive initiative um, it's a nonprofit conference we've got our speakers all lined up our keynote speakers we've got the merch ready to go um, and that's what's going to be up with um, with this stream so if you're interested in learning more about the upcoming conference how to get involved etc I want to point out right now 20% off all of the conference merch this merch is marked at cost so we are not we the collective of people putting simply cybercon together it is a legit nonprofit um effort okay there is no profit baked into these uh this merch sale all um all proceeds um I mean, just pay for the shirt okay so we'll do we'll do an update. We'll talk about the um, the con, the tracks, um, the technology stack, the CTF. Jenny Housley's got updates on the CTF. Um, obviously, um, the merch and uh, what next steps are going to be. So I hope you can join us. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's stream. I want to thank all of you for being here. It sounds like um, it sounds like yeah. Reggie picked up the baton, so we're good on there. Guys, be good. I hope to see you at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time for the stream. If you can't make it, understandable. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. Holla, holla, holla at you. Let's transition to jawjacking. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Uh, until I get the other uh, channel up and running, uh, we will do jawjacking right here. If you're first time here, jawjacking is basically like a chill hangout AMA 
Uh, we just finished our work for the morning, our threat briefing, but we're not really ready to go. <laughs> we're not really ready to get started, uh, but we still want to be busy and get value from the network. So we hang out, we high five. What's up, Jasper? All right, so Jenny Housley's throwing uh, things at me in chat, which is great. Thanks, Jenny. Uh, dropped says, I'd love to dive into cyber insurance and everything behind it. The risk policies for ransomware, etc. Who has a hookup? Um, geez. Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess like Google, I, I don't, it, it's a really niche market, honestly dropped. So, you know, there's a lot of information out there. I wonder if you can, um, check this out. This might be a really good, uh, resource to get you started. Jeremiah Grossman, who I mentioned before, um, t uh, talks, I guess maybe. Yeah. Check it out. I, I would here. Let me see. Jeremiah Grossman talks cyber insurance. Okay. Let's see this. I know he had to talk about, um, kidnapping. Um, look at this right here. Here we go. This is great. Let me, I'm going to pull up a couple things. I really like this guy. He hosts like a breakfast luncheon, uh, every year at black hat. Um, I typically go. He's just a really nice guy. He, he cares um, about the community. I think he holds the record for most times speaking at Black Hat. He's done it like 15 times. Um, here's his link. But I guarantee you, if you go to presentations, um, they'll be like, here, look at right here. An insider's guide to cybersecurity and, sec and security guarantees. Right here. I'll drop a link in chat. So there you go, dropped. I would. Here's what I would do. If I were you, I would start at jeremiahgrossman.com <laughs> and then I would uh, pivot from there. All right. Leon Elliott asks, what are some general key points to touch base on during an interview that might enlighten or just hit like a wow factor with the hiring manager? So Leon Elliott, here, um, I have multiple videos on the channel on how to interview like a boss. Uh, so just, I say that not to be flippant and tell you to go look at those, but I'm telling you for additional information, if you want. Now for me, what I recommend to do is to, to like really hit wow is when they're talking about, and this is why attending the daily cyber threat briefing is so important, Leon, when someone you're talking about, typically like interviews might ask you about a scenario, like what would you do here? Or, you know, explain what risk is or whatever. Whatever the question is, give the answer that you want to give. However, if you can, two, two things. One, if you can pull in a current event and relate it to the question in some way, that's brilliant because A, you're showing them that you're aware of what's current. Secondly, you're showing them that you have the awareness to identify the correlation between those two things. And that you're savvy enough on how to understand what the risk was or what the controls were or what the problem was or what the shortcoming is, right? So being able to tie it in, because here's the thing. Yes, Security Plus is valuable. Yes, CISP is valuable. Studying, but a lot of these like industry knowledge domain things, they're, they're like agnostic to reality, right? They don't have current news. They don't use case study. They don't, they don't, they're not relative to the ebbs and flows of our cyber industry ecosystem. So if you can pull in a current event and relate it, 
damn, man, like, wow. Yes, 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 that's huge. And then the second thing um, I'm always an advocate of is like, like you have to like work it into the conversation. You can't just be like, Bleh. but like d showing some type of initiative or proactivity, right? Like I I'll give you a great example. I hired a guy for a entry level risk job. He'd never worked in cyber before. He was a network engineer. The reason that I hired him Obviously he was qualified, but the reason I hired him is because I, I was like, we were talking about something. I was like, oh, like what, 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 you know, why are you into InfoSec or something like that? And, and he basically said like, oh, I wanted, I wanted to learn more about InfoSec and, um, I, they didn't like, I wanted, um, a mentor and they didn't have a mentorship program at my business, lar larger company. So I worked with HR, I built a mentorship program in the, in the company so other people could take advantage of it. And then I was one of the first peoples to utilize it and get the CISO to be my mentor. So this dude wanted help and needed guidance, but instead of just like messaging the CISO and be like, can you meet with me? He built a program that other people could also take advantage of. And because he did it, he had already had the approvals and the workflows and the time allotments and all these things to be able to then take advantage of it himself. Brilliant move. I loved it. The initiative was epic. Those are two things, Leon, I would suggest. Jasper says, are cyber insurance underwriters similar to those in the mortgage industry? That would seem like a cool job. My mom's an underwriter, but for mortgages. Yeah, um, Jasper, I've been talking to insurance people for a while. I, I've actually do some speaking engagements with, um, with them. I'm not sure on the different roles underwriter, but yeah, I mean, there are underwriters of cyber insurance. There's also like insurance companies for insurance companies to help um, spread out the risk exposure. Um, if you want, uh, Jasper, I can make, well, I, I, I have a guy in Florida who I absolutely love. Uh, he's like my go-to cyber insurance guy. Uh, I'd want to check with him before I dropped his name and, 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 and all those things, but maybe I can bring him on. Actually, how's this? Let me know here. I'm going to start a poll. Let me start a poll. Would like be real. Seri like be real here. Be real. Would you want a Would you want a cyber insurance uh simply cyber live interview? Like 1 hour cyber insurance, okay? And be real cuz I don't want to schedule this if like most of the community doesn't want it. But I got a guy. He's awesome. Vote on that, please. Let me know, be honest. All right. Um coming in hot here. Julie Genzer says, what's the job market like for InfoSec entry level interested in GRC at insurance companies? Ooh, Julie, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. It, it would be interesting to, I'm giving a talk in September in Illinois to a ton of like healthcare insurance people. Uh, and I'm there for, you know, I'm there all day. So I will ask them there. But I could totally see a need for InfoSec people working in insurance companies because when a when a company says we have these controls in place, somebody who doesn't know anything about InfoSec isn't going to be able to understand or evaluate the efficacy of like what they're saying. So there is a need for that subject matter expertise uh, to correlate between the insurance company and the um, yeah and them. But I don't know what the current job market looks like. Billy Presley's dropping a super chat, obviously. We just become best friends. Yep. Thank you, Billy. 
Billy says, so the ethical hacking job I accepted, oh boy, it requires a business ISP with five static IPs. My first time running a business ISP at home. Is there anything I should know? I'm not big into networking. Um, BSEC, do you want to comment on this one? I'm a little confused though. So Billy, you took an ethical hacking job. So is it like a full-time job for an MSP or is it a client engagement? And then I don't understand. It requires a business ISP with five static IPs. Uh, Billy, I'd love to help you. Uh, can you just reframe the question? And then Jenny or Mods, can you uh, make sure that I see the reframing? I just, Billy, I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, so please rephrase that. Um, Tim McDonald's, where in Illinois? I'll be in Peoria, Illinois. Peoria, Illinois. I'm flying into Peoria, September 14th. Um, are any discords based around Salesforce certs? I do not know that one either. That's definitely, I would assume there are Salesforce branded discord servers. Uh, but I, I don't know. Um, let me see Salesforce discord. You're definitely outside my comfort zone, Sean, with that one. Um, I just Googled Salesforce Discord communities and um, it looks like there's, a, you know, a wiki here. So you can definitely, definitely get into that. Uh, I, I would do that, Sean, if it were me. Um, Tim McDonald says, have you heard of RoboShadow Vulnerability Manager? Oh, by the way, I'm going to have to go in a couple minutes. I got a 930. Uh, have you heard of RoboShadow Vulnerability Management Tool? I have not, Tim. Let me look at it. Robo Shadow. Ooh. Fancy website, though. Um, free evidenceable. Evidenceable? Is that a word? Evidenceable? <laughs> Vulnerability reporting for both external and internal. No, I haven't heard of this, but this is interesting. This is interesting. What's the pricing on it? Community editions free. It's probably by IPs. Um, huh. Yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, thank you, uh, Tim. I don't know anything about it, but I'll definitely interesting to check it out. I can't wait until after September when I when I have more time to do all the fun things. Um, let's keep rolling here. Um, I keep getting uh, Moshe uh, striving to learn on Discord asks. I keep getting asked, what's a good pin test cert to go over that's inexpensive? Would it be better to go for the PNPT or EJPT? Okay, so Moshe's question about uh, pen testing certs. Here's what I would say two things. One, if you're getting the cert in order to be marketable, then I would go PNPT. Your question says, what's a good one to go over that's inexpensive? I can't speak to EJPT because I don't really know it. But what I will say is that I believe wholeheartedly in TCM Academy. I believe in the PNPT. I believe in their mission to make knowledge accessible and affordable. And their five uh, courses that line up with PNPT, I believe are excellent. And the first one is their uh, practical ethical hacking cert. I mean, it's not a cert. It's a course. It's the one that like really launched um, Heath and the whole TCM Academy. Here, here's a link to it right here. 
Uh, I would go here, Moshi. That's what I would do. And, and there's a lot of this. Um, when you talk about inexpensive, Heath has actually released a lot of this on YouTube for free. Um, so, again, not poo-pooing on EJPT. It's just I know that this is good, and I know that this is practical, and I know that PNPT is getting a lot of uh, traction in industry. So that's where I would go with that. Um, Moshi also asks, are there any cyber books you've read and would be willing to do a five-minute review explaining what it covers, how well it's written, and if you would recommend it? Yeah, I could do that, Moshi. I, you know what I would love to do? I would love to do like book, like we have a book club on the Discord server. I'd love to do book club. When I move into my new studio, I'm actually thinking of having like a shelf behind me in the background that says what I'm reading and the book I'm currently reading on that shelf. I am typically reading a, um, a book at, at any given point to continue to level myself up. Uh, currently, I'm not reading a cyber book. I'm reading a business book called Traction um, because, you know, maybe maybe somebody here is um, after September 1st is going to be going all in on a business and taking their existing business and ramming it up, ramping it up uh, 10x, maybe. Um, all right, so James Randall, uh, uh, Marcus says, how would I leverage a cert like Blue Team Labs 1 on my resume for HR? Oh, um, uh, Marcus, for, for BTL1 or for any resume um, cert, like look at the knowledge and learning objectives that the cert requires and use those for your bullet points. If you got the cert, that means you have achieved those learning objectives. Use those learning objectives because they'll have the keywords that HR is going to be flagging on. Uh, James Randolph says, sounds like he needs a fast connection with five static IPs. Usually in business plans, sell you the IP as static. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Jenny uh, Phillips says, any recommendations on beginner home lab projects for, for security? Previous videos on the subject from you. Yeah, I mean, Philip, for sure. It depends what you want to do in industry. Uh, but one, one that I, you know point to regularly and a lot of people in the community already know this one so i know you guys are gonna like either shout it out before i do it or um groan but this one right here the sock analyst home lab this is excellent this playlist has everything you need to get going um philip where's philip philip check this one out i think you'll be very pleased with this one all right. Um, more on Billy's question. Uh, Billy, the most likely want static IP addresses to whitelist you for testing. Verizon can get you set up quickly, but check around. Uh, yeah, great point. Yeah, if you if you need static IPs um, so you can be cleared, so you don't look like an attacker, uh, <laughs> um, then yeah, that's definitely one way to go. Uh, I have not set up a pen testing lab. I mean, you'll definitely want well, not definitely. It depends what kind of engagement you're signed up for, right? There's like uh, true pen tests where like, you know, you're given information and the other team, the, the blue team's not made aware and you're supposed to hack in from the outside. Sometimes you're given an actual AD low priv account and a VPN connection into the environment and they want you to make a bunch of noise and see if the blue team sees it or hears it. It really depends on what you're doing. Um, Billy, comes back with more information. It's a full-time job with a security company. I pen test clients. They required me to have a business ISP with five static IPs. I'm used to residential running VPN for bug bounty. What changes of, if any? 
Oh, I see, I see, I see. Well, that two things. One, it's interesting that you work full-time for a security company and they're requiring you to get a business ISP. Like, I mean, a business I, um, IP. I don't, just to me on the surface, that sounds like something that the your employer should handle and take care of. Um, getting um, a business IP, ISP and, and a, you know, a, essentially a block of static IPs yeah, just call Verizon or Comcast or AT&T, like whoever the the um, internet provider is that you're going to be using. And just most people call and they speak to residential, just call and speak to commercial. What what you're asking for, they they do it day in and day out. It's like a really, really, really standard um, practice. So, but I, I would talk to your employer. That sounds like something the employer should take care of. Um, I, I'm actually kind of surprised... I could even see like your employer having the block of IPs and then you VPN into your corporate network and then pen test out of that. But, um, you know, there might be reasons. Maybe you want a VPN out of like Eastern Europe and then attack and pen test there to see um, if it, it depends on what the engagements look like. Right. Um, but anyways, Billy, I do want to say congratulations. That sounds like a fun job. All right, let's close the poll. It looks like 80% of you um, out of 100 votes want a cyber insurance talk. So I will, uh, I'll take that. I'll take that for action. Oh, and I got a really funny story for you guys. Um, I got a funny story for you guys, okay? If, if anyone's interested in a funny story. So last night, um, I, I sent Mrs. Osier. Um, I updated the calendar invite for my, for my trip to Vegas and I sent Mrs. Osier the information and all that stuff. And I, I come downstairs and I'm like, Hey babe, like what's going on? How's your day? And, uh, she's like, Hey, I thought you were going to Vegas on Tuesday. You've been telling everybody Tuesday. You told me Tuesday. I'm like, yeah, I am going on Tuesday. She's like, your itinerary said Monday. And I was like, Oh no. Like, it's just because when I like scheduled the calendar invite, I must've put it on Monday. No big deal. And I'm like, See, and I like pull up my itinerary and guess what? <laughs> I had scheduled it for Monday. I had a flight on Monday. I had a hotel room on Monday. I don't know what I was doing. I think I, I, I think I know why I did that, but in my mind and in my full execution of everything, I was going on Tuesday. So had Mrs. Ozier not said something, I literally would have just missed my flight on Monday, probably got my hotel reservation canceled and charged a fee for that Monday night. I would have been a hot mess express on Tuesday when I showed up at the airport and realized that I did not have a, a flight or anything. So I spent an hour running around like a jack wagon last night, talking to the airline, talking to the hotel, and I got it all sorted out. So I'll be there on Tuesday now, uh, but that's what happens. So <laughs> thank God for my wife. Uh, absolutely love her. All right, so that's a little funny story. Yes, wives are always right, um, Kimberly. There's no question. There's no question. Uh, well said. They would pay for. They said they would pay for it, but if I wanted to control my account, I needed to set it up, and they would give me a card. Oh, that's perfect, Billy. Yeah, then absolutely roll on that. Well, oh, hey, one other thing I would say, just just a word of caution, Billy. Sometimes when you set up these services, you're committing to like a year. Uh, agreement, right? And I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but like, let's say the company lays you off or let's say 
um, you find out that the culture is toxic or whatever. It doesn't matter, right? You don't want to be on the hook paying for like nine more months of business ISP or if it renews its annual renewals. So make sure that you check the, um, the language in the contract because you don't want to be on the hook for that, okay? Um, Mrs. Ozier, be getting you together. That's a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. Amigos says, Jerry, and this is the last one that I got to go. Jerry, I've been out uh, from the cyber industry. I'm so upset about it. I have been out from the cyber industry. It happens when my job made me a supervisor with a lot of duties. What would you do to keep yourself motivated and get back to it? Oh my God. Yeah. So Amigos, this is a topic that doesn't get talked about often enough. Typically, if you're hands on keyboard and you're loving life, and then you're really good at your job, you get promoted to like management and you get taken away from the keyboard, your skills get stale and you like resent <laughs> your role. Um, what I would say, what I have done in the past, it's it's extra work amigos, but um, you know, basically either, t you know, get your company to send you to more technical training. So you're getting that itch scratched, um, work with your engineers to um, you know, like get some like pet projects like, oh, hey, like I know I'm just managing the sock analysts now, but like, why don't we try out Bloodhound, right? Like, let's do a project where we try out Bloodhound now that they have the community edition and like get get involved with setting it up, right? Get involved with getting your hands dirty. Same with like this vulnerability scanner thing. Like, I'd like to check this out. Um, make like you basically have to make it a priority for yourself to get your hands dirty, right? But 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 I don't want to say weaponize your opportunities, but definitely take advantage of the ability to to coordinate and set priorities and uh, do that. All right, guys, I've got a boogie out of here. Um, thank you all so very much. I genuinely appreciate all that you guys do. Thanks for hanging out on the jaw jacking segment. We had over 300 people today, solid showing. I'll talk to my guy about the cyber insurance talk. That'll be in September. Oh, also uh, Intel, again, since if you're still here, you're definitely uh, Simply Cyber um, community member. Um, Intel reached out to me. You guys remember I did a, a campaign with Intel back in Q2. They reached out to me and they're like, guy, like what an amazing experience working with you. Your community was awesome. Like we loved working with you. We'd love to work with you in Q3. What do you say? And I was like, hell yeah, let's roll. So um, more, more work with Intel. So that's exciting. Certainly going to help fund. Guys, when I talk about receiving escape velocity to be able to make simply take simply cyber to the next level. These are the type of things I'm talking about. Uh, I'm super excited to share all the amazing updates with you guys. Um, as we, as we transition into September and really Q4, I've got huge plans for the end of this year and I've got massive plans for next summer. So solid, 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 um, guys be good. I hope to see you at 4 30 PM Eastern time. I'm Jerry. This is Simply Cyber, episode 422. Be good, everybody, and we'll catch you in the next one.
Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one. One.